Welcome to Hey Joe, a podcast answering questions asked by our listeners. Created by pet professionals for pet professionals. And now, your host, Hey Joe's very own, Joe Zuccarello. What's up, everyone? Joe Zuccarello here, and welcome to Hey Joe, a podcast brought to you by Paragon School of Pet Grooming. Check out our site at paragonpetschool.com for lots of really cool information on a variety of programs, products, and to connect to educational resources such as webinars, podcasts, current events, special news, certifications, and lots of other helpful information to help you grow yourself, your team, and of course your business. Let's get started with this week's episode. Hey everyone, Joe Zuccarello here, and welcome back to another episode of Hey Joe. It's a podcast where you, the uh, grooming professional, pet care professional, gets to listen in on a real-life coaching call between myself and an expert in our industry. Uh, What's really great is we get a lot of these questions submitted to us by you, our listener audience, so please do so at any time by emailing us at heyjoequestions at paragonpetschool.com. Holy cow, do I have a great guest lined up for this episode. You know, there are a few people that we meet in our life, in our career that, that have incredible charisma and, 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 and some that have incredible talent. Well, this guest has both. Today, we are talking with Colin Taylor. Uh, Colin is one of the most forward-thinking grooming professionals in the business. His awards and his accolades, they could go on for miles and miles, or should I say, kilometers and kilometers maybe since he's from the UK Uh, but I know you're going to love hearing his story. Uh, He is the author of a really great must-have grooming book called What Would Colin Do and I want you to stick around to the very end of the podcast to hear something really exciting that we are going to offer you uh, to get this book in your hands. Uh, uh, So stick around. Uh, I think uh, you'll be very interested to hear Uh, what we have in store for you. Uh, At any time, you can go to paragonpetschool.com to learn more about Colin, uh, to download the transcript from this podcast. And if you haven't already subscribed to the Hey Joe podcast, please do so. You can do that right from the paragonpetschool.com webpage. So today, Colin and I will be talking about his story, where he started, where he has come from uh, and uh, uh, since then, and what he believes the future of this incredible industry uh, will have in store for all of us. So uh, again, thank you to the Hey Joe listener audience for sending us questions uh, about uh, uh, this and other topics. If you want to submit your question for a possible use on a, a Hey Joe podcast in the future, uh, again, send your questions to Hey Joe questions at Paragon petschool.com. So let's get started with our time today with Colin Taylor. Hey, Colin, thanks for joining us today. How you doing, Joe? Not a problem. It's been great doing this. I'm really happy, excited. Yeah, well, we're, we're really excited to have you. And as I said in my intro about you is, you know, there are people that have charisma and there are people that have talent. And sir, I've got to tell you, you have both. So uh, my, my audience is in for a real treat today. Um, so some people might know who you are right? I would expect that most people know who you are. But for those that don't, tell us a little bit about Colin Taylor and kind of what you're up to right now. Okay, so well, right this very moment, I'm in um, just close to Seattle. I'm here um, on a little kind of vacation. And but mainly what I do um, in these current days is I focus more 
my um, profession towards education. And I sell a few items here and there. I promote my book. I sell um, um, some combs. I got the new Bowie comb out, which is right out right now. I've been grooming, I think, 35, close to 30, no, 34 years. Um, and, you know, I just, and I think I'm on like a continual journey, um, in my opinion, on to um, further my studies, to, to further my learning, and to, you know, just can continue to be the best I can possibly be. Well, so that's, that's great. That's really. Yeah, and that's, and that's great. And you know, you use a really great word there, Colin, and that is journey. Um, I so appreciate it when people look at their career as a journey. You didn't say, uh, you know, my job, right? Absolutely, uh, and yeah. sometimes, sometimes people do say career, right? But I just love the word that you chose, and that's journey, because it makes me think that you have been on it for a while, and mm-hmm. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like you plan on being on the same journey uh, for some time still. And, and beyond grooming ability, learning ability. So you're in a, you're in a journey of learning. Uh, and, and just, I really appreciate that. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, I, I try to focus my, um, my whole focus on, you know, to, to, you know, yes, you have to work hard, but you also have to have a good balance in life and enjoy your life. If we are continuously, you know, working to live, it kind of gets very, very mundane. And I don't like that. I want to, I like people to change things up and, um, and enjoy what they're doing and, and obviously go on vacation, which I see a lot of groomers don't do. Well, and, and to your point, uh, this, and, and, and many of uh, my podcast guests that I talk to, we, we acknowledge right from the onset, this is an exhausting job, right? This is a, this is a hard career. This is, but my goodness, can it be so rewarding? And, uh, yep. you know, I've been in the pet industry now since 1986. Uh, so about the same time you have, sir. And, uh, you know, one of the things I've seen a lot of changes, but one of the things holds true for, especially for our pet groomer professionals out there, this is, this is a physical job. So plan on what does it look like when you physically can't do it anymore? What's next? And I know that your book uh, that you had talked about, your book is called What Would Colin Do? Uh, there mm-hmm. are some things that you even hint about what people can do at the uh, maturity point or, or, or maybe at the point where maybe their body is, is not necessarily where it was or they can't do as many dogs. You talk about somehow influencing the industry, maybe becoming an instructor or a mentor or a speaker or presenter. There's lots of things you can do with the talents that you learn in this industry. It doesn't mean that once your body starts failing you, that you're out of a career, out of a job. Exactly. And also you can go anywhere around the world with this job because it is a profession where you have it in your mind and your, and your, and, and actually in your body and in your, you know, the skills you have and so you can literally go anywhere around the world which is a really exciting thing because traveling is you know has held me as a person grow immensely well so let's let's kind of uh, uh let's take a walk down memory lane if you'll indulge us and how how does a guy like colin taylor get started in the grooming industry Oh my God. So first of all, let, let me start from the same when I was, when I was young and believe it or not, still to this day, I am, um, I can be very shy today, but back in the day I was oh, extremely come on. shy. With, oh, come on, Colin Taylor. You can't be shy. Oh, <laughs> oh really? I, I used to hide behind my mum. 
Um, you will see, even in this interview, I will probably have a little bit of a stutter, which back then I had a really bad stutter. Um, and I didn't do well at school at all, high school. And um, however, I did excel in woodwork, um, um, woodwork, uh, metalwork, art, um, textiles, and believe it or not, religious education, which I find still today fascinating. Um, so they're the subjects I really excelled in at school. And um, my dream was to be a primatologist and study um, apes and monkeys. However, that in, in that meant I would have to have had a very, very large biology degree, and um, that wasn't me. So I worked in a pet shop, and um, I kind of knew, as a, I, even as a young person, that whatever I did in life, I wanted to be the best at it. So if you're going to work in a pet shop, I would have to own a pet shop. And a girl came in and bought nail clippers and told me she was a dog groomer. And um, it had never, ever crossed my mind. And then that was the start of my journey. I went home and um, I asked mum and dad to lend me 400 pounds because that's how much it was for a 12-week course. Wow. So, yeah. you know, what's, what's interesting is the story that you share there about that, that uh, you know, that, that very first, you can, I, I can tell by the way that you're, you're remembering it is that it made such an impression on you. I mean, it was such a turning point, you know, at Paragon School of Pet Grooming, one of the things that we hear over and over and over again, our stories very similar where people remember the moment. They remember mm -hmm. the inspiration. Uh, you know, I had a great interview with one of your colleagues in the industry, Victor Rosado on another podcast, and he remembers that moment as well. And one of the things I think we even compared it to the first time is if the first time he saw color. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So it was, it was that impressionable and or it made that uh, like an indelible mark on your, on your history. Man, I forget things that I did last week, <laughs> but, but it's well, those yeah. moments in time that we remember. And, and so many of our students uh, share those moments with us as well. So, okay. So this lady, uh, uh, wherever she came from, right? She, she happened mm -hmm. to land in your path, right? Uh, as you were, as you were a young man. And so she's, she lands in your path and kind of, interrupts you i guess by by keying you in on well nail trimming okay well maybe dog grooming so obviously you borrowed money from your folks so what as you started to learn do you remember some of the challenges some of the biggest challenges maybe that you faced as you were learning absolutely well first of all once again i was young i was 15 years old i was really shy and I was um, a student amongst a sea of these ladies who were, well, who were all ages. And thinking back, um, and I'm 50 now, there was probably people there of my age now. And, um, but my teacher, I remember my teacher, and she is still alive today, and I still talk to her. And um, she, was, um, she was one of these people that was very, very to the point, very English, um, didn't, you know, she didn't mix her words and she scared the hell out of me. And um, I remember my challenges, first of all, my challenges were poodle feet. And because <laughs> it was a challenge, she made me do more of them. Mm -hmm. um, and, but, but I, I think, you know, I, I mean, I, I, saw the, I saw the creative side of dog grooming and I really enjoyed it, and I actually found it um, the, the, the more easy, the more easy part. The hardest part for me was the actual getting my head around 
looking people in the eye, which I find is very, very crucial in today's in today's profession, in what we do. We have to look people in the eye. We have to be people. We have to be that people person. And that was my biggest challenge, was actually dealing with the people. And um, that's a huge thing I focus on in, in today's education, which is a huge thing we lack in. So, okay, so Colin, let's, I want to unpack that for a minute. Uh, yeah. The people aspect, you know, I hear, gosh, you probably heard it too, but I hear it. If I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times in my over three decades is I got into the pet industry because I'm not a big people person. Oh God. Yeah. What, what is your answer to that? I have my answer, but what, uh, what is your answer to something like that? Well, first of all, you know what, like I said, I do seminars every, every weekend sometimes, and that is the number one um, gripe and complaint I hear from people. And it kind of, um, I'm not going to say annoys me because you know what, we all are here to encourage everybody, but um, you know what, we have to realize that that person is walking in with that dog and it's, um, it's that person's choice, but they picked you and you have to give them the respect to the person uh, along with a dog, but you have to remember that it's that person you're educating. We all are complaining about our customer these days and we uh, we forget to realize that we are the problem. We're the ones what need to be educating our customers. So instead of complaining about the customer and, you know, because you're per se not a people person, you know what, we have to ex we have to educate them. And you know what, I think we kind of have got into that rut of jumping on the bandwagon and saying we're not people um we're not people persons when we actually are in fact not bad at dealing with people we just kind of put the dog grooming ahead of everything where in reality the dog grooming itself should be probably one of the last things you think about right and it's kind of if, if i can draw the analogy it's sort of what you talked about earlier about being shy and that you would hide behind your mom mm -hmm. you know, it almost sounds like some of us in the, in, the, in the pet grooming profession or pet services profession kind of hide behind the profession uh, absolutely uh, instead of instead of getting out in front of it and actually like you know really being proud of that you in your book uh, chapter 42 in your book called uh, you know your book that's titled what would colin do uh, there you know there's 101 different colonisms in here, if you would, but uh, tips from you. But uh, number 42 is grooming is theater. So what yep. you're describing then, one, one thing that, that, that I speak very loudly on and, and I'm a huge fan on is not necessarily customer service, right? But cu the customer experience. And I think that there's a difference, especially in our industry, about the experiential factor and, and, and what that does to, to better the, the relationship with the pet parents uh, and yep. so on, but but you you uh, do a really great job of saying, listen, look at it as theater. Yep, and 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 the reason why I the reason why that um, that part of the book fell in there was because I used to groom a dog for the Broadway show Forty Second Street, and this was back in the day. This was when I was that shy and impressionable kid. And um, I used to groom, there was two dogs, there was a stand-in and there was the lead role dog. And um, I was backstage and I saw the chaos that went on backstage, the absolute, it looked like it was a, just a hot mess going on backstage. However, when you saw it sitting there, looking at it um, before the curtain opened, it was an absolute work of art. And that's what I... That's what I envision 
grooming salons to be like. It doesn't matter what's going on behind the scenes. You could have a naughty dog, um, but that doesn't mean to say you have to be shouted so the people up here, up front hear it. Everything from the front should look like it is running seamlessly. And and if it's go, if there's a problem backstage, then you keep it backstage and you don't bring it up front. You know what I like about that is I'll also maybe take it one step further. Uh, and I think what you said, the audible uh, nature of maybe if you've got a naughty dog in the back and, you know, the, the worst thing that can happen is the customers would hear you raising your voice to uh, a pet, uh, an employee, a colleague, a teammate, whatever. Um, but like you said, it all stays behind the curtain, right? So it all stays in the back of the house. I would also mm -hmm. say, you know, we do a lot of, uh, I, I do a lot of work with folks on their branding and their imaging or their image and, and uh, uh, the character that they play. And so I would also say, don't bring the messy, dirty smock or the, the you know, the, the Husky's hair in your, uh, you know, in your own, in your own uh, uh, ponytail up front or, uh, you know, any of the, any of the mess. So pay attention that Absolutely. you're not accidentally carrying those silent uh, uh, challenges to the front as well. True. Absolutely. And also, um, you know, you, I mean, as, as, as a profession, I always say, if you, you know, you, you should be doing what you are good at. And yes, you do have to learn people's skills. But if you are that worried about that side of it, then you should have that perky receptionist in front of your shop who welcomes the customers, who then calls you up to collect the dog. So, you know, so that way you can come up, you can show your face. But you know what? Make sure when you show your face that you do have your hair brushed. And if you do have, you know, put, you know, you know, minimal makeup on. But, you know, but I mean, this just seems to be the problem also I see is we we look at the haircut as more important than we look at ourselves. And, you know, so we kind of put all the effort and all the, all the energy into a haircut and we let ourselves go and we let everything else go in the business, which is, we can talk about that a little bit in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to, I definitely want to go there. I just want to remind the Hey Joe listener audience out there who we're talking to. We're talking to Colin Taylor. Uh, Colin is, uh, I mean, you might've seen this guy on, on magazines, uh, tr uh, trade uh, industry trade show uh, magazines and, and, uh, uh, you know, Colin has, you may not know this, but he established and, and manages the largest and most prestigious grooming event in England called Master Groom UK. Uh, so maybe we could talk a little bit about that in a, in a few minutes, but he also, he continues to do traveling, spreading the good word of professionalism and respect and skill enhancement and continued education all over the world uh, as it relates to professional pet grooming. And we're just so happy to have him today. We're talking with him about uh, not only his history, but where he kind of sees the future uh, going for this industry. And we're, we're also taking a couple of uh, uh, peeks into his book, which is called What Would Colin Do? So Colin, how with all of this work that you're doing uh, and all of the work that you've done. And, 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 and again, remember that a lot of our audience out there, a lot of the Hey Joe listener audience out there might be listening to us on the way to their salon today or on their way home from a, a, a grueling day at the salon or maybe over the weekend trying to recharge for the next week. But so as far as that recharging is, is, is concerned, how have you stayed energized and excited uh, uh, to do not only what you did growing up through the industry, but also in the industry today. How do I stay energized and excited? Well, first of all, um, you know, you know, I, I think as an individual, we 
you know, because there could have been two paths I chose. I, um, and I didn't know that I was going to be on any kind of platform in, in this industry. I, you know, I went out to learn dog grooming to be that person who comes to see me when I do my seminars. And you know what? And, and I, I want to remind everybody, I am a pet groomer before anything, because that is my number one focus is simple pet grooming. And, um, you know, the, I mean, to stay energized, you know what, I, I have to say, I put myself out there to, to realize that the only person who determines how good I do in my career is myself. And also, I try and keep my everyday um, uh, doings different. So, you know, when people are doing um, 10 dogs every single day, you know, then I kind of think, you know what, maybe you should change things up and do a little bit less. Do you understand what I mean? I do. So, so purposely creating some variety in your schedule. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, you know, you have to realize this job can become really, you know, kind of a struggle sometimes. And I see people not having breaks, not having a lunch break, not going on vacation. Um, and they have to understand when you wake up in a bad mood, that's when you have to reevaluate what you're doing. And also, that means it's more important to take a lunch break because if you go into work in a bad mood, first of all, it's not, not fair on your, uh, on your co-workers. It's certainly not fair on the dog you're working on. And um, if you don't have a break to kind of like say to yourself, okay, what's going on? Was it that dog? Did I wake bad mood what's going on you know then you have to look at things and and um you know and kind of you know ask yourself i, I need to change things up and um you know because it's not fair on the animals and that, that, that that's, that's really really important well and it, it is something that most of our grooming professionals out in our in the hey joe listener audience out there can control to some degree even if you let's say you're a, a one-man band and you have a mobile unit or you are a, a salon owner or manager or let's say you work for somebody else let's i mean the vast majority of our listeners are employed by a shop owner salon owner retail chain whatever uh, but you know, you, it's possible, and I heard somebody share this uh, before with me, is while we're making appointments for customers, let's make appointments for ourselves. Let's, let's purposely make an appointment for ourselves. And is it a lunch break? Is it a, uh, an end-of-day manicure? Is it uh, uh, an early morning networking meeting with uh, 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 another professional in the, in the neighborhood? Whatever those things are to, I think, to, to, to put words in your mouth, it was uh to to create variety in our day um and also you know what i do go out of my way to to look for um further education it might not be breed that you will have in your shop but that doesn't mean to say that you know you shouldn't go learn how that breed is styled because it just gives you that kind of you know like kick up the backside to go out there and do a little bit better but it doesn't necessarily mean do more dogs or work harder yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, you know, going back to what you just said about, you know, talking to people, it's very easy for us to become, um, once again, going back to me being shy, you know, thank God I'm not that person anymore, but I do still have um, my own personal issues and so on and so forth when it comes to, you know, anxiety or whatever. But I think it's important that we have that friend to bounce things off of because otherwise we become very kind of... Um, um, cave-like we you know put ourselves into a little room and 
which we call our safe room because we're too scared to go out, out of that. And that's normally because we put ourselves in that situation. And um, once again, coming back to um, being people, being that people person, we need to find um, people in our career, which is not that hard at all because there's so many out there. And, you know, just start talking to them. So when you say start talking to them, uh, you, you shared with something with me when we were prepping for this show and you said, you yep. know, we're all, we have a commonality and that is that we service pets. We take care of pets, whether we're grooming them, boarding them, putting them in a daycare situation, yep. whatever. But in regards to you, you said, you just asked somebody, how long have you been grooming? Hi, my name is Colin. How long have you been grooming? That opens up a huge conversation. And right there, you have found a friend. Right there, you have found somebody on common grounds with you. You know, you know. I do my conference every year, and I have a lot of people saying, oh, I'm going to be coming alone. I'm like, you know what? You won't be alone. You'll have 500 or more other people. They're exactly the same as you doing, exactly the same as what you do. And it's just one of those, you know, things where it does become that much easier to have that conversation, no matter how shy you are no matter how much you do have anxiety or panic um you will find um you will not only have people that do the same as you but you will have so many people that have the same issues what you have mm -hmm. which which makes the world better because you feel like you're not alone well and one of the things that uh, paragon's founder melissa verplank uh, always teaches be prepared to be told uh that maybe uh, somebody else has a different opinion on how to groom a dog, or how to set a particular mm -hmm. pattern, or uh, uh, how to treat a particular customer, because, like she says, there's 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 no black and white in dog grooming. There might be nine or ten different ways to get to a perfectly finished product. It doesn't mean that number five is any better necessarily than number eight, right? Absolutely, yes, absolutely. You know what? The, the dog grooming is a very gray area. There is no right way and you know we can talk about social media later but that is um oh my god it, it just drives me crazy but i'm i'm seeing beautifully groomed dogs and somebody saying well i would have done it this way well you know what there's nothing wrong with the way they've done that dog whatsoever and as long as that dog was treated with care and respect along the way that dog was groomed then hey it is a thumbs up in my book yeah, I agree. So, Colin, along this journey, along the journey you've had, and again, it's spanned over 30 years, what what did the grooming profession look like when you started uh, in, 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 the, in, the, in the industry? What did, do you, can you recall kind of what the, the temperature of the, of, the, of the industry was and, and what did it look like back then? Well, first of all, the, the um uh, well, I spent from 1985 till 1980. Well, 1985 till 87 in the UK grooming as a as a student, probably apprentice learning. Then I went to Hong Kong for two years, and that was amazing because there was lots and lots of hairstyle cut dogs, like you know, Pomeranian, Sizzle Over, and Poodles. Didn't do too many big dogs at all. It was all small dogs, very very stylized. And they are amazing stylists over there. And then I went from there to the United States, where everything was immaculately prepared. Presentation in America is, I mean, you cannot be there. And also, you know, stylized. The poodles had 
um, the old-fashioned royal Dutch trims and your, your Desleys and, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, and uh, over the years, you know, the, the competitions are booming. Um, education is booming. You know, when I went to grooming school, when I was just out of grooming school and a few years out, there was hardly any seminars. And now you cannot go a weekend without being able to go to a seminar on education, which is amazing. However, I just always recommend people to do their research on the, on the subject, which is being taught, and also the teacher to make sure that you're going to get the most out of them and they can actually stand behind the subject they're teaching well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so you obviously, know, so, so you went from having uh, uh, only a few resources to how to what is now where people that are looking to get into this industry or that are in the industry looking to take their skill set or their career to an uh, to the next level, uh, there are boundless uh, opportunities for them to do that. Like you said, words of caution, right? Make sure that you know who oh, it is, who it is that that has been put on the stage to 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 teach, right? Just because they've somehow gotten the favor of somebody and they're put on a stage doesn't necessarily mean that they are the resounding experts. So be sure to do your homework. And really, I mean, and that's in every profession. That's in every school. That's in every college. I don't care if you're studying business or you're studying uh, 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 gardening, right? So uh, just because it's on YouTube or just because it's on, you know uh, free on the internet or even sometimes big pay, big, big costs or fees on the internet doesn't necessarily mean that uh, uh, the experience backs up uh, backs up the, the, the teacher. So, uh, that's a really great word of caution. What do you, uh, what do you believe that a, a groomer professional now should do, uh, to separate themselves? So we talk about all of the, you know, learning opportunities, but there's also, we share the market with quite a, quite a few other grooming professionals out there. So whether it's a local market, whether it's a big stage, whether it's the competition ring or what have you, what do you, what do you recommend professional groomers do to separate themselves from their competition? Well, first of all, you know, I mean, I remember when I was younger and competing and I was saying to myself, okay, you know, and this is when Liz Paul was alive and Liz Paul was the person to be in the competition ring. And I was telling myself, you know what, you have to be learning more and more and more. And while I was saying that to myself, I was also saying to myself, while I'm further in my education, Liz Paul is also, so she is staying at the top of her game. So you have to realize, you know what, I mean, when it comes to competition, you know what, you have to really put yourself um, in that driver's seat and understand that, you know what, when it comes to um, you being on that stage, grooming that dog in that time limit, you know, sometimes you have bad days and sometimes you have, sometimes you have good days. Sometimes a judge can love your dog. Sometimes a judge could not like your dog. And it's win or lose. And I think sometimes you just have to look at it as, as exactly what it is. It's a competition. And there'll be another day and maybe you'll do well. And you have to take the judge's critique on board. Certainly if you go under that judge a second time with that same dog. Um, when it comes to the everyday, um, and I'm not putting this down, the everyday pet stylist, because that's exactly what I am. Um, the everyday pet stylist to set yourself apart. Um, yes, it can be competition, but I don't want people to feel like they're any less of a groomer if they don't compete, because you can do other things. You can be certified. 
you could do um, you could do like fun days at the fair where you're doing nail trims and getting people's attention. Um, you could simply just provide the best customer service there is, which is the most important thing in my eyes when it comes to running a successful business. Because in my opinion and, and in, my, in what I've seen, you could be the best groomer in the world. It doesn't mean to say you're very good with people and doesn't mean to say you're a very good teacher either. Um, so, or, and you can be an average groomer and have the perfect people skills and your business will flourish. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You're singing a, a, a line right out of my playbook, which is I've seen average groomers with above average customer experience skills and they win all day long. They win customers, the customers are frequent, the customers are loyal. Um, yeah. and, and again, we're talking average pet grooming skills. So to all of the groomers, you know, to all of our audience out there, the Hey Joe listener audience out there, what Colin Taylor is, is essentially saying is, listen, continue your education, continue forging forward. Really the competitor you have, I think, first and foremost is yourself. Yeah, yeah. And you know what, because, because there is, there's two types of people. There is, there is this old groomer. You are, you have your groomer who is very, very, I mean, they're very competitive people. I'm talking competitive in the competition ring. And then there's the groomer who I'm not saying be that person, but be competitive with yourself. So put yourself out there, go to shows, watch the competition, but don't feel like that you have to um, produce that work in your salons because let's face it, you don't. It's not practical. Um, it's not, um, it certainly doesn't make you any more money because the client doesn't see their dog like we do. We are the people that criticize. customers don't. Um, what our customers want, in my opinion and in my um, experience, they want a nice, comfortable haircut, which is easy to manage. And that means you have to get to know that customer and their lifestyle, and then you can recommend to them exactly what's best for their dog. And it normally is um, that dark blue comb attachment or peach comb attachment all over with the cute face, because that is what people are, in my experience, wanting in everyday pet grooming. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So, you know, when you're talking about that, one thing, a thought popped into my head, and I wanted to kind of explore this thought with you then. If we're talking about how to separate themselves between, uh, uh, you know, how to separate themselves between maybe their competition or even, okay, viewing themselves as their greatest competition, how do I, how am I better tomorrow than I was today, right? But what about the profession in general, the, the, the pet grooming industry? So how, if Colin had a magic wand, <laughs> that would be dangerous first, right? Who knows what you'd wish for. Oh. But if, if you had a magic wand and you could wave it and say, I want the pet grooming profession, if we pour this energy into it, 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 it would be stronger and better and flourish even greater. What would that look like to you? Well, first of all, if I had a magic wand, I would be in Gryffindor, not Slytherin. And <laughs> I, I, um, you know what? I would love to have um, some of today's values, but also some of some of the old values. So the old values being um, the family values I felt when I did go to shows and when I did go to competitions. And um, 
you know, to have that kind of sense of community. Um, and also, the, um, you know, just, just like the people like Joey Schimberg and Sally Zidick and all these people that have brought such professionalism into the industry, um, you know, but, but I found it, you know, that's the kind of thing that I would love to bring back. Um, when it comes to um, when it comes to pet stylists and just how we are, I would love us to be more um, feeling more comfortable to communicate with each other as groomers, because groomers can be the most sociable people, or they can be kind of guarded and protective and not feel comfortable talking to the person who has just opened up down the street. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head and that is uh, to explore opportunities. And sometimes those opportunities are in uh, venues, they are with different types of clients, they are with different types of education levels, but certainly different types of, uh, different types of people. Uh, what, what I think, as I'm, as I'm hearing you, I keep, I keep remembering uh, the 87th tip in your book, uh, which is called, What Would Colin Do? The 87th tip in there is self-confidence. Yeah. And I think that that self-confidence goes so far, uh, uh, driving the industry to elevate uh, it, itself in, in, in professionalism. So, okay, so I gave you a magic wand a few minutes ago. If I were to give you a crystal ball next and mm -hmm. ask you, what, what do you see, uh, how do you see the grooming profession, professional pet grooming profession, uh, a, a year or so from now? Um, a year or so from now, I see it being, um, I see it leaning more towards the licensing of dog groomers worldwide, or, um, well, certainly, you know, in the United States and the UK, because I know in the UK we're going towards that. Within the next five years, they're aiming towards that being run by the local councils in your area, which would be um, your counties. Um, well, that, that's when it comes to us as dog groomers, what we should, which I think we should be looking at. Um, and also not to be scared of that. Um, where do I see it going in the competition ring? I think the competition, the competitions, um, obviously, I hope will get bigger and because we want to encourage more and more people to, to either compete or become certified. Um, but also, I want to stress again, we're all different. Some of us are very nervous about competition. Some of some of us are very nervous about competing. So it's okay if you're that person to just go to the seminars and learn at your own pace. Um, oh my God, crystal ball! And I mean, okay, we're, well, we're, let's let's hop forward. So let's. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. So maybe it's five years from now, right? So, uh, uh, yeah. you know, uh, again, there's a lot of really great people and a lot of the people that are, that are uh, agreeing to be podcast guests here on the Hey Joe podcast are folks that are pushing the industry forward. People that, that are forward thinking, people that, wanna, that, that really do want to focus on the word profession and professional. Yeah. So five years from now, what is a grooming professional? What would what should a grooming professional feel like, look like, act like? 
Okay, so first of all, what should they look like? But they should look. Um, they should play themselves and dress themselves appropriately for the job. Um, you know, I mean, some people like to be. Um, um, some people like to be noticed, and you know what? And that's okay in the right way. And when I say noticed in the right way, meaning respected for what they know and respected for what they do. And, you know, but when it comes to how they should look like, if you have an image, that's fine. Make it a professional image. How you should be um, as a person, obviously, you should be able to communicate with your, with, with your peers, your, your customers, your judges, your contestants in a professional manner. Um, always give a positive before negatives. Um, always give constructive criticism. Um, my God! And and what was the third one you said? Uh, just, yeah, and just and just and just feel like you know the 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 you know you could kind of tell when somebody has an air about them, a good air, right? And you could sometimes tell people don't Absolutely. have a great air about them, you know. Um, but that that well, feeling. So what's that? What's, what, what kind of feeling should you get from a pet professional? The feeling you should get from a pet professional is you should be able to, um, well, first of all, they should be, I mean, they should be approachable without question. Um, you should be able to ask them any question and get a good answer without them holding, without that person holding back. Um, you know, and I would hope that we everybody be on the same page. We seem to be in the same ocean going twenty million different directions. That's how I feel right now, if in in my honest opinion. And I would like it to come back to where we're all going in the same direction. We don't have to all agree with each other. We don't all we don't have to um, you know, say, Oh my god, I'd love to hang out around with that person, go out for dinner. But you know what, this is where I said before about us being all on common grounds when you're nervous about meeting somebody. Even when we are all at a level, and let's just say you have 20 people in a room and they all have egos, even if some people don't necessarily get along with each other, it would, be, it would help immensely if we were all on the same, you know, all on the same path, going the same direction with the same goals. Yeah, I think, uh, and I think that's a perfect uh, setup to uh, uh, something I've said quite often is keep the main thing, the main thing. And uh, yeah. just like there's no black and white in dog grooming, there's not necessarily a black and white in personality expectations or uh, 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 brand expectations or, or anything like that. But but keeping the main thing, the main thing, and that is serving the pet parents and serving the pets to the best of our ability and whatever is appropriate mm -hmm. for the market. And that's kind of what I'm hearing in, in your, uh, uh, in your description of the, you know, uh, yeah. uh, pet profession kind of raising, uh, raising the standard. You don't have to get along with everybody. In fact, that's probably a little bit of a fairy tale, uh, but that's okay. But keeping the main thing, the main thing, why are we doing what we're doing and I think as long as we don't absolutely misalign that priority with other priorities I think we all win you don't have to like somebody to contribute to the success of them and and the industry right um, exactly. by everybody kind of towing 
towing the line in their own regard. So Colin, some words of wisdom, and, and we're going to start closing. Uh, we're going to start wrapping it up here in just a minute, but I, I didn't want the Hey Joe listener audience out there to not hear from Colin Taylor in regards to what are your words of wisdom uh, that you would say to people that are looking at this as a possible future career. And I say that because there's a lot of folks at Paragon School of Pet Grooming that are just beginning, uh, that uh, there are a lot of folks out there that are looking to this and saying, is this a career I want to get into? So what words of wisdom do you have for folks that are either looking to get in the industry or have just started? Okay, first of all, if you're looking to get into the industry and you're looking for, you are looking for a school, you know, first of all, I would say, you know, do go to um, a show or an event. Um, obviously, you'll have schools there which are which do have trade stands. You can talk to them, um, but that will give you a really, really good feel of the industry, of the people. Um, you know, fortunately, you'll find that the same sort of people do come into this industry. We do have a lot of horse people in the industry. Uh, obviously, animal lovers. Um, you know, but but now they're getting a lot of the corporate people coming in, which is good because it means that they're thinking more with a business kind of head on 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 their shoulders also. But I say, you know what, go there, get the feel for it, um, get to know the community of people that you're going to be, um, you know, involved with. Um, when you do find your school, I would probably suggest going on a taster day to that school, meaning go there for the day. Um, give it a go for for a day because what you think dog grooming is and what dog grooming actually is is probably two different things in a lot of people's minds. Um, Yeah, I've often said, Colin, uh, not to to jump in there, but before I lose that thought, I've often said, (laughs) I've often said, you might love dogs, but do you love what dogs uh, do? (laughs) uh, Absolutely. You know, and also touching on that base, the second the second most common thing I get told is obviously we've touched on I don't get along with people. The second thing is I love dogs. Well, that's great, but loving dogs doesn't mean to say you're gonna be the best dog groomer or you're gonna find dog grooming easy. Um I have found and I this is my number one tip, um a common respect for all which I have a common respect for all animals. But respecting an animal and handling an animal correctly will make you a good dog groomer if you can handle it. And you have to put in the backseat of your car the softness you have and the coddling you have and the, you, you know, you, you want to cuddle them and talk to them because that's not what it's about. It's about doing the job and sending the dog home to its owner because you are not its owner. You're there to groom the dog for the hour, the hour and a half, and then it goes home. Keep it simple, keep it, you know, keep it cool, give the dog the respect, treat it with kindness and, and passion, and groom it well. And, and like I said, good is good enough. That's my big quote in my book, good is good enough. I love it. I, I don't know that there's any better words to wrap up on, but good is good enough. I love that. I'll probably use that, but I'll give you credit everywhere I possibly can. <laughs> um, but so Colin, <laughs> I know that uh, uh, I know that the Hey Joe listener audience out there has just gotten just a wealth of information. And I will tell you to our audience members out there, uh, you have to get Colin's book, which is what would Colin do? And uh, 
be sure that you do visit paragonpetschool.com and go to the podcast page to unlock a really great offer on Colin's book. So again, go to paragonpetschool.com to unlock a, an incredible offer so that we make it as easy as possible for you to own a copy of What Would Colin Do? It's a great read uh, and uh, has just years and years of experience and tips and tricks uh, inside it. Uh, thanks again, Colin, for helping us out. I'm sure our audience uh, uh, is, is going to find your information very valuable. Uh, to you, the yep. Hey Joe listener audience out there, thanks again uh, for all of your great questions. Remember that this podcast thrives on questions that we receive straight from you, the Hey Joe listener audience. It's very easy to do. Simply email us your question at heyjoequestions at paragonpetschool.com, and you might just hear your topic discussed with an industry expert on a future episode. Uh, please share this podcast with your team members that you work with and friends and family in the industry who you believe uh, should know about it and who would benefit by listening to it. Colin, thanks again, and I look forward to the next time we chat. Thank you so much. Have a good day.